Please be warned. This podcast contains lewd language, slapstick violence, and general buffoonery. Listener discretion is wholeheartedly encouraged. Ladies and gents, and non-binary friends, which is something Huber has told me he heard on YouTube, um, because I realised I was not being very inclusive when I said ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Chapter 4 of Art Frat Rejects Write a Murder Mystery. I'm here with the fantastical, orgasmagorical Huber. Hello. I'm also here with the magical and ethical ethical Veronica. That's so lame, but okay. That's great. Thank you. That's me. And I am here with the uh, plutocratic what? and the, the pontificatory Sophia. Thank you. I don't know what either of those plosive words mean. I'm really excited because I have created, since we last spoke, some jingles for our segments. So, Huba, your segment, where you share medical facts based on every chapter, I've decided to call it Paging Dr. Rod, because as you are the token sex icon of this show, and your last name is Rodriguez Tejada, I thought Dr. Rod was fairly sensual and appropriate. So your segment, Paging Dr. Rod, has a new jingle for its first jingle. If you hate it, um, you can, we can change it. Veronica, since your nickname is VGT, based on your initials, and PG Tips is a tea brand in the UK and maybe in other places, your writing tips are going to be called VG tips. Very nice. And the implication is that you are a literary mogul that drinks tea and shares writing tips. So how do you feel about those segment names? That's wonderful. It's a trifecta wrapped into one. Yeah. Very economic. Yeah. Okay, Veronica, I'm going to play the jingles. The first time anyone of you guys has heard it. VG tips. Begin after eight taps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And now it's time. For VG Tips, creative writing tips with VGT. That was wonderful, Sophia. Thank you for the jingle. I love it. Okay, here's your jingle, Huber. You ready? Yes. Bearing in mind, guys, this is called Paging Dr. Rod, and Huber is our sex icon for this podcast. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Agent Dr. Rod. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love it. <laughs> oh, good. Um. Cool. <laughs> Let's get going. Are we ready to dive into chapter four? I am. I'm so ready. I think I know what happens in this chapter, and I am pumped. Okay, well, you've you've got a lead role mm-hmm. in this one, so here yeah. we go. Hi, guys. It's Sophia here from the future editing. We recorded this months back and yet again forgot to tell you the crowbar contributions. So Huber contributed... I guess it's a clause rather than a line, but the line, I would much rather eat orange chicken than dot dot dot. And Veronica contributed the phrase haughty pink tandem bicycles. So listen out for those. And when you hear them, you can shout ding, ding, ding. 
And just one other note, if you want to listen to the actual VG Tips segments and Paging Dr. Rod segments, they're every fourth week in our Case Files episodes. So you can catch them there. And the first episode was dropped last week. You can catch it on YouTube where it's a video, or you can catch it on Acast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts as just the audio. It's more fun with the video, just FYI. Okay, back to the chapter. Chapter 4. Golfini's Pursuit. Coffee machine broken again, Matthews? Inspector Golfini lightly punched the scrawny deputy as he unhooked his holster and collapsed into his seat. Elaine trailed behind him. Oh god, I know this is me, and I remember last time we did this, I was supposed to do a Brooklyn accent, and it just wasn't You bad. sounded like a, like, like a camp southern I, I was Yeah, I was going to say, like a country accent, but I thought it was great. This is my favorite character you do, Huber. Come on, do Brooklyn, though. You've had two years to work on your Brooklyn accent. No, do, do, ori- do original Matthews. We love original Matthews. Okay, wait. <laughs> Wait, let me do... What's, what's Brooklyn? What's hey, Brooklyn? Hey, Inspector! Is that New Jersey? I don't know. Hey, Inspector! <laughs> that was no, not it! No, no, We're gonna do original. Hey, Inspector! Oh my gosh. Matthew's whined. You can't bring a dog in here. We told you I'm allergic to the dander. Ease up, Matthews! Golfini chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Watching Elaine sniff around the wheels of Deputy Matthews' swivel chair. That's the least of my concerns. Matthews muttered shrilly. Chief wants to see you in his office. It's about the Willoughby murder. Golfini swung his feet up onto his desk. Oh, Matthews. He tutted. This one's in the bag. Suburban stabbing? We have half a weapon, the guy's on the run with no resources, the area's contained. Then why haven't you made a single arrest yet? The chief- Oh wait, no, that's not- I think I'm the chief. Oh, whoops. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Okay. Okay, wait, I'm gonna try and be like a mobster. Okay. Then why haven't you made a single arrest yet? <laughs> the chief's voice boomed. He towered over Golfini's cubicle, arms crossed, Old head shining, gleaming with the sweat of a man hungry for law, order, justice, and blood. Dolphini looked up and grinned. I'm going to say this the way I said it two years ago, even though I know how it pronounced. <laughs> how it's pronounced now. So good. Chief. Chief. <laughs> and I was like, actually, it's pussy. Like, I was the authority on Spanish here. I think anybody, who's anybody, could be the authority on Spanish for this word. Jeef! Do you want to say it correctly, or are you good with Jeef, bro? I'll, I'll say it correctly. Hefe. He cajoled. Where do you think this guy's gonna go? I got a lead. Your lead is a child, Inspector. The chief interrupted. And you're gonna find yourself in hot water if she begins playing along with your sick game. I think I'm like Forrest Gump, but I'm so confused with this voice. I'm, I'm sorry. Golfini looked over at the trembling Matthews for some kind of chuckling solidarity, but was surprised when the chief suddenly reached over the cubicle wall and grabbed Golfini by the collar. Any other inspector in this precinct would have handed in his badge long ago, punk. He spat. Really? It's been a day. 
think he's like done other things in the past that we don't yet know about that you'll probably cover in a chapter because you pay attention to other people's chapters humor <laughs> he spat his nose <laughs> his nose almost grazing golfinis you bring this motherfucker in or you're gonna be missing more than just your badge by the end of this not one to be told what to do stared down or grabbed by the collar golfini did not shift his gaze meeting and matching the chief's believe me chief Golfini said through clenched teeth. Don't want to threaten me. Golfini finally glanced away toward Elaine, who was glowering at the chief. The chief loosened his grip and pushed Golfini back into his chair. He looked at the terrified Matthews. What the fuck are you looking at, deputy? He asked before turning away and slamming the door to his office. Damn, isn't physical, like, contact, like, very much not allowed. Oh, you'd think that would stop the police departments in America, Huber. <laughs> you think. For our I'm listeners, sorry. we're recording this in June 2020. Early June. Very early, early June. Early June. You know what happened. <laughs> Google it. I don't know how you do it, Inspector. Matthew said, shaking his head and shuffling the papers on his desk, every now and then paying heed to Elaine to make sure she would neither approach nor attack him. No, it's all fun and games with the chief and me. Golfini chomped. We're the best of friends. The missus invites me round for the family barbecues. It's banter. Family barbecues at the chief's house? Man, I would much rather eat ding, ding, ding. chicken than have... That was the word. <laughs> ding. Um, I would much rather eat orange chicken than have all the barbecue I could eat just to avoid him. Scariest man I know, Inspector. I think actually the line, it was the line, and the line was, I would much rather eat orange chicken. And you made it that line, Huber, because when you decided it, you were eating Panda Express. <laughs> that sounds like me. Ah, oh, stick around, Matthews. He's a big old sweetheart once he busts your ass enough times. Golfini laughed, before turning to the more serious matter of the dead adolescent. Now listen, this Willoughby girl, I need you to do me a favor, okay? Sure. I got this book here. Golfini said, pulling a red notebook out of his coat pocket. I need it photocopied every page, but I need someone I trust on the job. You got a free afternoon? Someone I trust? I don't know if Matthew's that guy. <gasps> you don't know anything about him. You don't know him, Mom. You don't know him like I do. <laughs> I do. I, I've, I've written a whole <laughs> chapter with him. Just give him a chance. <laughs> Swell. Golfini laughed, standing and slamming the book on Matthew's desk. He grabbed his holster, reattaching it as he swaggered out of the office, Elaine at his heels. I got a date. Didn't the day just start? Why is he leaving? Oh yeah, wait, hang on. Oh yeah, the coffee machine was broken, that's how it began. So they're having coffee, it's the morning, presumably. I don't know. It was never explicitly stated by the very deliberate author what time of day it was. Perhaps they were having like afternoon coffee because they hit like that 4pm lull. Okay. Golfini hadn't been waiting long when he saw the green jeep's headlights swerve into the fairground and park round the back of the caravan. Leaving Elaine in the vehicle, he walked over to the driver's window. Also, dates can happen in the middle of the day, Huber. Not everything has to happen in the sordid shadow of the night, you filthy boy. Um, okay. <laughs> leaving Elaine in the vehicle, sorry. He walked over to the driver's window. It rolled down. Miss Wellington, he said smiling at the girl. She looked lovelier than he had recalled, but slightly shaken at his surprise visit. 
Can I have a moment of your time? He questioned her, but she told him little that he already knew. She seemed stiff though, robotic, unlike how she had been when he had seen her the week before. They had been at Tortellini and Wong's when he had approached her. She was with a few girlfriends at the bar when he approached. Wow, I really overused the word approach. Wait, how old is she? Veronica, just because you never had a fake ID doesn't mean that Wilhelmina never had a fake ID. What is she doing at the bar? Well, this, is, this takes place in like the 70s when the drinking age was 18. What? The 70s? The drinking age is 18? <laughs> That can't be true. Yeah, it is. I forgot there was a. I forgot which president changed it. I thought it was whale. I thought it was like a prohibition thing. Okay, that's interesting. Thank you. I learned a new fact. I thought we said um, it's modern day. She was with a few girlfriends at the bar when he approached and let him buy her a drink. They spoke long into the night, and when the bar closed, they walked the expanse of Broad Street until they reached Rolodex Park, and they sat with the sleeping ducks on a park bench, talking and chatting. Sounds like the ducks were talking and chatting. <laughs> Isn't talking and chatting the same thing? It is! I'm just lazy. Yeah. He slipped his hand into hers at some point and she held it in her lap. She told him she was orphaned, then adopted. How she had travelled the whole of the Midwest with her adoptive family, learning tarot card readings and basic engineering to help run the rides. She taught. This is me trying to explain how the hell she can be a pro, a computer science professor. She taught herself programming on the side from old library computers in every town they visited. And after racking up enough credits at every community college she happened to pass by, she graduated with a degree in computer science. When Claremont University had heard she'd be in Bulltown for the summer, they jumped at the chance to take her on, how do they know who she is, and fill the role of department chair while her predecessor was being hospitalised for a broken hip. That is the most bullshit level of exposition I've had to try and make up for your shoddy work. <laughs> she took his breath away. Beautiful, smart, and charismatic. She spoke a mile a minute, but he hung on every word. He hated how he had to drive her home as dawn started to break almost as much as he hated that he knew he'd have to one day betray her. Also, that just proves that it was at the end of the day. Oh, I guess the Philippian coffee, as you say. No, 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 he's, he's, this is a flashback. Because, like, he's gone to meet her, and then again, it isn't, it isn't the end of the day, actually, because she was driving home at, like, 4pm, and it merges with, like, the narrative you wrote, okay. Uber. Okay, okay. But he's remembering okay. their first okay. date, which was, like, at night. This is oh. a memory. And- oh my god, I am not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like how you don't pay attention, because then you just, like, make it wild every third chapter. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. <sighs> oh yes, he had to betray her. <gasps> The conversation through the driver's window ended abruptly. Not wanting to raise suspicion with any of the others on the caravan site, Golfini resisted the urge to show her any physical affection. He bid her farewell and returned to his car. He sat, slowly stroking Elaine's back and watched. The girl sat in the driver's seat for a peculiarly long period of time before getting out and running into caravan number one, rather than her own. He saw her through the lit windows rummage through closets, drawers, under cabinets. She emerged empty-handed and returned to her caravan. 
He watched her cook dinner and read before retiring to bed. So creepy. Elaine, he said, we're going to need a warrant for that caravan. New scene. Wilhelmina, hey, Wilhelmina, wait up. Wilhelmina was not in a particular rush, but was particularly jumpy that Saturday morning. She wasn't supposed to be on campus. There were no classes, but she felt like she needed to get off the fairground. So she was going to shut herself away in her office and catch up on work. She turned to see who called. It was George. George? She asked. What are you doing here? I'm sorry about last night, he said. I thought it'd be funny if we pretended it was official business. I didn't mean to scare you. She laughed, unimpressed. I was pretty confused, George, she said curtly, holding her books closer to her chest defensively. I've got a lot of adverbs going on as well. Sounds gross. I know, and I tell you, I tell you in, in, in edits to get rid of like 80% of them. I hate them. Ugh. Okay. Listen, he replied. I really enjoyed our conversation last week. I want to take you out properly to dinner. What are you doing tonight? Oh, tonight's no good, I'm afraid. I'm working at the carnival. Then tomorrow night? It's the weekend, Wilhelmina shrugged. Look, George, I have your number. I'll call you, okay? He took her arm gently. Hey! He laughed. You're not getting rid of me that easily. One dinner, a quick one. So gross. I'll call you, she repeated, before pulling her arm free and walking off. What a predator. George had never experienced female rejection, and to be quite frank, it surprised him. <laughs> he stood in the cloisters of Claremont University's campus, inordinately befuddled, didn't need that adverb, sure. for a good few minutes before returning to his car. No cigar, Elaine, he said to the pooch. Plan B. That was plan A. <laughs> He's not a very competent <laughs> officer, I don't Enough think. Plan. Really isn't. Remember how for the first time we recorded this, we talked about the fact that until I said the pooch, it was not clear in this chapter that if you were like diving in from this episode, it was not clear that Elaine was a dog. He's like stroking another woman in his and car. And she doesn't question like, him about it? Yeah, because you said German Shepherd, but it wasn't sure if it was a female German Shepherd or, or a dog oh, breed. Who just works with a sheep, a sheep herd. Okay. Signor Romanzo's House of Wonders was in as full of a swing as it could possibly be for a late summer Saturday night. About 70 fairgoers were in attendance, and some of the rides even had lines. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. Oh, here we go. A few children sampled the sweet cinnamon cucumber buns. Teenagers. But why don't we get their reaction? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but I'm really invested in these cinnamon buns. I want to know why, you know, we're not getting their reaction to them. Are they good? I mean, sampled is a very loaded verb. It wasn't devoured or came back for more of the sweet cinnamon cucumber buns. But it wasn't, you know, regurgitated True. either. I, I guess I guess that's up to the reader's side. Maybe this is a significant... It could truly be a free sample. Yeah, true. It's Costco. Um, teenagers threw sacks of beans at balancing pyramids of cans for overstuffed bedbug-infested plushies. Geriatrics rode the carousel with grandchildren. <laughs> Parents took turns. Grandparents can ride, okay? Parents took turns circling the perimeter on the 40 pink tandem bike rentals, and jittery girls queued to have Madame Guare tell their fortunes. Golfini and Elaine had to wait in line for 20 minutes before they could enter Madame Guare's caravan. 
Unlike the others decorated with lions and tigers, brackets, no bears, Madame Boiré's caravan was blue and painted with gold and silver stars, swirling in creamy firmaments and galaxies. The inside smelt thickly of sage and lavender, and Madame Guare sat in a blue veil in the middle of a small, round table. <laughs> in the middle of the table! <laughs> Someone drilled a hole! It's like a donut! Over a dark silk tablecloth was a crystal ball, a deck of tarot cards, and a small birdcage, which housed a tiny, dark blue canary. A thin silver chain moored it to one of the cage bars. Enter, Madame Guare said softly but authoritatively. Authoritatively. Come sit. Golfini tried to lock eyes with Wilhelmina under her veil. It was her, oh my god. But she was fixating on her crystal ball, running her hands over its aura. Good evening, Madame Guare, he said, smirking slightly, waiting for her to look up and break character for him. She still did not look. Come in and sit, Inspector, she only replied. And we will talk about what the planets have in store for you. The planets? I thought it was the cards. I don't know. I'm just trying to make a vibe work here, Huber. You're in no position to <laughs> criticize people for not planning. <laughs> Very well. He laughed sitting in the seat opposite her. You look far too young and beautiful to be Madame Guare. He jested. Appearances, she said. Are best not to be trusted, Inspector. There was a silence, though Golfini wouldn't admit it occurred because he was lost for words. Now, what can I tell you this evening? You tell me. Well, what do you wish to know? I don't suppose you could tell me a bit about love, Madame Guare? He asked, flashing his most charming bachelor's smile. Take three cards, she said, splaying the deck out in front of him. He did so and handed them to her. I've just realized this chapter is so short, Hubert didn't say a friggin' word. <laughs> this is a disaster. We'll do two episodes tonight. Oh, I'm sorry, Huber. It's okay. Oh no, okay. He did so and handed them to her. She held them, turning them face up one by one in front of him. The Six of Wands. You were successful, weren't you? A competent lover in your youth. Somewhat true, Golfini admitted to himself. He had had the pleasure of a large number of women's companies. That sounds like he's an angel investor or something. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> She laid the second card down. Seven of Swords. Interesting. I imagine you're one who feels temptation, who feels the need to stray or betray. Golfini was startled. Well, look here, he said sharply. I thought this was telling my future. Aha, it is. She laid the final card down and looked at him intently through her veil. Her eyes were calm, but it felt as if she saw every particle of dishonesty and deceit in him. What's that one? The background of this card was black, with a tall edifice reaching into the heavens. From a cloud, a thunderbolt shot down and hurled two lovers out from the building. Flames blazed below. 
the tower. She loved destruction. Dun, dun, dun. That's the best ending you've done yet. Well, she's she's only written one other episode. Thank you. Out of the only other one I've done, that's my second. That was really short. Okay, it's three pages. That was really short. I think I was feeling lazy. Wait, I just realized we only found one ding, ding, ding. Where's the other ding, ding, ding? Oh my god, good point. Yeah, um, it would have been the word, but what was a weird word? It was the orange chicken, and then... Oh god, um, I was so good at concealing it. It's actually, like, properly concealed. So seamless. Look at you. <laughs> Pink tandem bike rentals? Yes, that's it, that's it, that's it. Oh, <laughs> okay, so the sentence was... Oh, this is a long-ass sentence. It was in the list of things going on at the fair. <laughs> Parents took turns cycling the perimeter on... Oh, wait, it was haughty pink tandem bike rentals. Honestly, ridiculous enough. Because I was obsessed with tandem bikes because I was told that we were going to get one. And oh, yeah, we were, because we lived further away from campus. So we were going to get a tandem bike. Okay, haughty pink tandem bike rentals. And you never followed through. I'm sorry. Huber, do you want to do a after the fact ding 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 in honor of the haughty pink tandem bike rentals? Ding ding ding. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Okay, let's wrap this up. That's our show. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Pause. Do I pause recording? Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch, share your thoughts, or stalk us, you can find us at artfratrejects.com or on all sorts of social media with the handle at artfratrejects. If you can't get enough, make sure you listen to Case Files episodes too, where we delve into the plot characters, and vote on the quality of our chapters. Stay safe out there!